0: This is Ditch Diggers season 7 brought to you by our sponsor Scribophile
1: Wannabes here, with some not so nice advice For so your writing career, to be clear No punches will be pulled, but the punch may be spike How they like before they get on the mic To my left we got the mighty Mer Lafferty And if I piss her off, believe me, she'll come after me And her co-host Matt Evan Wallace on the right Yes, she may be half as hype as she can take him
2: in a fight So settle in, folks, buckle in and boot up Time to meddle in a way to make your writers shut up It's hard work, but the perk is that it's fun and exciting Facebook will still be there when you're done writing Ditch diggers!
0: Welcome to Ditch Diggers, uh, live streaming. Matt, unfortunately, couldn't make it today, and so I thought, again, if I do this, it's going to be, if I do it by myself, it's just going to be me doing I Should Be Writing with swearing, and nobody wants that. So I uh, grabbed a whole bunch of my friends last minute and said, hey, you want to be on Ditch Diggers, and... T. Kingfisher, a.k.a. Ursula Vernon, a.k.a. winner of all the awards this year, uh, said, I'm driving, but sure. So, uh, from the wilds of Maryland, Ursula is, uh, in her car and talking with us live on Ditch Diggers. So, hey, Ursula.
1: Hey, Mer. Hey, everybody at Ditch Diggers. I am, uh, yes, calling from my truck. I am on highway uh, 50 west i think and since we should hit washington traffic fairly soon oh. i will have plenty of time to sit and talk to you yay and uh, yeah wow. i'm in maryland which is not my usual stopping grounds because i was uh, on a, a rescue mission for my buddy liz who is in the passenger seat uh hello
0: hello friend liz
1: Yes, her Winnebago, um, suffered a, uh, a minor catastrophic meltdown.
0: How's minor, minor and catastrophic at the same time?
1: It might be minor. It, I mean, you know, the engine seized, but that's, that's minor, right? I mean, multiple belts were in multiple pieces on the road, but, I mean, minor, it'll be fine. Uh, so, yeah, but, uh, it, Getting a Winnebago serviced is difficult because it's sort of a specialty thing. So, uh, uh, rather than have Liz sitting around cooling her heels at hotel room rates for uh, up to two weeks, we uh, I drove up to pick her up and uh, take her back to North Carolina, where she can cool her heels at house guest rates, which. Consist of Liz. Will you please go to fast food? We're very tired.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, um,
1: <laughs> live in Grubhub delivery driver. Yes.
0: Wow, that's pretty cool. And I bet you don't uh, gouge the um, actual restaurants when you do that.
1: No, the, the actual restaurants get uh, get full uh, uh, full price. Honestly, everybody wins.
0: Well, I also heard from uh, Diana Roland that she could make it. The legendary Diana. The legendary, yes. If I can just get her email right. So, we're going to have just like a little hangout talk thing. And uh, I do actually have some things to talk about. I'm proud of myself. Um...
1: I'm proud of you, too, Murphy.
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: I'm proud to be your friend.
0: So uh, while I'm trying to get Diana on, why don't you tell us about the Dragon Awards?
1: Oh, uh, the Dragon Awards are awards given out at DragonCon, and uh, they have kind of a complex history. (laughs) You're so
0: Uh, diplomatic. I love it.
1: What what was
0: that? You're so (laughs) diplomatic. I love it.
1: Yes. um, Following the great Hugo... Uh, sad puppy fiasco of a few years back. They decided to pick up their ball and go home, and by that they meant they would make their own award. Damn it, with blackjack and hookers. Uh, but uh, sorry, that's a Futurama joke, and it just occurred to me some of you are probably too young to have gotten that. And now I'm sad.
0: But well, I feel guilty. I never watched uh, Futurama, so I didn't get it.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, so the the problem is that it administering awards, as it turns out, is difficult and requires a lot of administrative grunt work and people running, you know, voting things and sending out mailings on time and so forth. So I want to say Eric Flint took over a lot of it, uh, who is an author. And so after like the first year when it was we give awards to, you know, all the, the people we we wish to, to honor, um, then it became a, uh, it became gradually, let us say, less partisan, and became open to a popular vote, and people, you know, and it ballots would uh, go out more or less, and uh, you could nominate, and the dragons uh, specifically encouraged people to uh, to ask for votes and to you know promote themselves online as vote for me in the Dragon Awards and whatnot which is a thing I would probably have done if I had remembered the Dragon Awards were happening. Um, but I've had a lot of stuff going on and uh, also was en route to Maryland uh, when they came through. So anyway, so gradually the, the flavor of the awards, I want to say, has become much more in line with a popular vote award. Uh, Scalzi won one year. And, which is really uh, funny. Last year
0: what? Sc- Scalsey winning is, is kind of funny, considering... Yeah, how. because the...
1: if you don't follow science fiction politics, and God, why would you? Um, <laughs> John Scalzi is basically the emblem of everything that the reactionary right hates, uh, which is funny because if you've met Scalzi, you know, he's... The problem is he writes military sci-fi and is also fairly liberal, and uh, they, they this makes some people's tiny minds explode so go figure um anyway and so it's it's a a perfectly respectable award and i am honored and flattered to have won uh for best horror novel and best uh uh, young adult which was a surprise
0: um the young adult was a surprise really
1: no, the young adult was the one that that I I was not exactly... I mean, I'm not saying I was surprised. I, I'm not saying, oh, of course I knew I'd win it or anything like that, because I'm not an asshole. <laughs> but, uh, the, and, you know, awards are always... It's entirely what people like. But, uh, honestly, I thought they'd give horror to The Only Good Indians, which has swept all the horror categories this year, and rightly so. Because ah, it's right. And... Uh so uh, uh I was enormously flattered that the Hollow Place
0: was in. To... Yeah. So Well, congrats. Um I do want to say that we now have Diana Roland on the line. Uh Diana from the uh recently rolled over by Ida State of Louisiana, <laughs> but uh hopefully you're doing okay, Diana.
2: Yeah, we were really lucky. I had uh one of my neighbor's trees snap off and graze an outbuilding of mine and took off a whole three shingles. So uh Oh wow. <laughs> I did have to pay five hundred dollars to get someone to take said uh you know, cut said tree up. But that was actually cheap compared to what many other people have been that was do. Sorry, I'm like I was running around in my house when so you're ready. <laughs> no,
0: no, I, Diana also like hopped up at last minute and said she would help me out with the stream, which was just amazing and kind. Um, I find it, uh, Ursula and I have a history of this, where uh, usually it's me asking you for, I don't know if you've ever asked me for a favor, Ursula, but uh, when I was. I asked you to
1: take care of your car when we
0: went to Botswana. Yes, I took care of your car. It sat in my driveway (laughs) and I fed it twice a day and petted it and told it that you would come back. It was a lot of work. Um, anyway, uh...
1: I to the airport at, like, four in the morning is asking a lot, you know.
0: Anyway, it's, uh, still, when I was writing the second book in the Shambling Guide series, uh, I wanted to write about Boston, because I had a big thing, a a big idea about the Big Dig, and, um, how to do a Rat Queen... Um, and why the Rat Queen made the big dig so long and expensive. I had a whole thing played out. And then my British editor said, we don't care about Boston. And part of me wonders if they, they're they really still pissed off about that whole tea thing. But they honestly did not consider Boston a city interesting enough for an international audience. And so I'd already planned a trip to Boston to do my, do research, and I'm like, but well, my husband wanted to go to Boston, so I guess we'll still go. But I, I need a new city. So New Orleans was going to be book three. So I figured I could do my plan for book three on book two. And then I needed to see what New Orleans was all about. So in at like last minute, uh, Ursula agreed to just do a road trip with me down there and stay for a couple of days and go through as many adventures as we could as tourists. So this was great because we weren't trying to see the real New Orleans because we were trying to look at it from a tourism point of view because it was a book about tourist monsters. So I didn't even have to worry about the authenticity of the the, uh, vampire uh, tour we took of the French Quarter, which was epic. And we've told the story several times, so I won't go into it, but... uh, just know that the guy tried to tell us very solemnly that Dracula was written by Bram Stoker so uh yeah anyway so Ursula was uh my companion and co-driver then and uh Yeah. So now you're 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 pitching in to help me. And Diana being in Louisiana has a connection there, too. But uh, Diana was (laughs) outside walking her dog. And that's all I'll say uh, when (laughs) I asked her for help. And, you know, we were pointing out that, well, you know, you're living the the glamorous writer's life right there. So glamorous. I'm watching my dog.
2: I wish she would do a bodily function. Yeah. (laughs) Are you still out there with her? Oh, yeah, I just, it's easier out here. It's like she's uh, chewing up leaves and sticks, and, of course, we have a million of those out. Sure. And uh, in the in the background, you might be able to hear the sound of chainsaws because <laughs> so everything's being chopped up and cut up. And you're starting to haul stuff away. It's very romantic. It's a romantic <laughs> setting, I tell you what. But, it uh, is. I hear that. Um, yeah. So, anyway. I will actually say, by the way,
1: speaking of going and doing the tourist things, I am a huge believer in tourist things because I've got lots of people from tourist uh, tourist towns, basically, and tourism is great. You are seeing the part of them that they want you and allow you to see. I feel sometimes like the drive for authenticity gets a little, uh, show me your guts to people who have not necessarily consented to that. Mm. I am perfectly happy, like I, I have guest. I am showing up spending money you show me what it is you want me to see. I, I will put money into the tourist economy. I am here to, you know, generally be a uh, uh, good-natured buffoon. Yeah, because
2: well, yeah, yeah, the vacations are supposed to be, you know, fun and interesting. It's like, you don't want to be there like, okay, this is the part we're going to tell you about the garbageman strike. It's like, <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. That is all extremely important, but my, my
1: experience is is with, with people who are from there, it's usually like, well, you just go to the damn tourist quarter and stop, like, trying to make this a thing?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, and, and this comes up because I travel uh, internationally reasonably often to uh area, you know, I went to Tibet for a month, uh, a couple of years ago, and I don't want to, uh, you know, I, I am I am a stranger and a guest in these people's homes. Uh, the, let me just be a
0: uh-oh. Well-mannered
1: guests who just not go poking and prying into things where they don't necessarily want me. I, I am not going to insist we have an authentic connection. You know, you, you can just sell me the beads and, uh, and lie about where the amber is from and I will give you money and <laughs> everyone will be happy. Excellent. I'm a firm believer in to uh, in lubricate society as needed.
0: That's a good point. No, that's good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we are talking on uh, Ditch Diggers today. Believe it or not, we are talking about, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did have a, a, a small plan, which is tools other than shovels. Uh, if you are new to Ditch Diggers or you're following because you're a fan of Ursula's or uh, Diana's, we talk more about the business side of writing, what you need to worry about. Once you've got the craft down and you're making some money, there's a whole bunch of other stuff to worry about. And, uh, we do this to, uh, say ditch diggers can't get ditch digger block, surgeons can't get surgeon block, and writers can't afford to get writer's block. So, uh, uh hi Tasha, welcome in. Um, we are talking to Diana Roland and T. Kingfisher, as, uh, aka Ursula Vernon, and I'm just about to put Diana's book cover on the, uh, on the <laughs> stream, so I'm late at that. But, um... So one thing I want to talk about is I've realized I've found a bunch of tools in the past year that I'm spending money on, and I'm trying to figure out if they're worth it or not. And the first one is called Canva, C-A-N-V-A, and it's got a free version, but I learned really quickly that the uh, paid version, I think it's between 10 and 15 a month, I think. And uh, that's like a graphic design program. And it's it's, it's hard to explain because it's so beautifully... Created where it has tons of templates, only you can put things in and take things out. Every single image on the made up template is modifiable, and so oh, of course, wow! I have a call I absolutely have to take, and I'm gonna leave it to y'all <laughs> to either hang out or, um, uh, we will yeah, we can we got this. Yeah, we- really sorry, guys. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, obviously I think of, like, Word and Scrivener immediately. I know some people who love Scrivener with the burning passion of a thousand suns. Um, I I am hearing rock music, and uh, so uh, Scrivener, when I use it, it's good for laying out anthologies. It does not actually work with how I write a book. Uh, it does work for nonfiction fiction
2: yeah, I tried scribbling before it, it was it didn't really work for me. I write out of order. I mean, I I do pretty strong um well, I, I mean I I outline and then it's like, you know, if I'm feeling this scene, I'll go write that scene. And then I'll be like, "Okay, let me go write the beginning. Oh wait, you know that scene where they do the thing? Let me at least lay out some of the bones for that." And then it'll inform other things. So I'm I have chaotic writing that that people have a hard time grasping, but it works for me. And basically every um every chapter gets a, a different Word file and I and I have my own organizational method and all that, but also like keep a spreadsheet and update that as much as possible. So like the, the basics for me have worked really well. It's like Word. Um, I have the the, the Word that um, updates, uh, like uploads automatically. Uh, can't, I'm blanking on Drop the name of it. But... Yeah, yeah I, have, I have Dropbox and also um, the latest uh, Word version, um, uh, OneDrive, that's it, where um, it's okay. like saves as you're going, which is great, and there's version, um, version control, and you can check old things. So that shit's wonderful. And then I also, of course, save the Dropbox, and because I am paranoid. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'll the, 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 the
1: Dropbox people. Or yeah,
2: yeah. And so you know, my um, my tools are kind of the old-fashioned ones, like the upgraded old-fashioned ones, and they work for me. But again, it's all about um, what you, what works for you. Oh, and and sticky notes, all the sticky notes. I I, I have a problem with sticky note (laughs) purchasing you can never have too many sticky notes you can never have enough different colors of sticky notes you can never have enough sizes of sticky notes when i die i'm gonna i just handed in uh the heroine uh learned uh a a sort of has her
1: terrible fears confirmed by reading the sticky notes that her mother has left all over the house for herself
2: yeah i'm waiting for someone to come in and try and interpret my sticky notes and they'll be like wow this this bitch was crazy shit it's like well yeah yeah my daughter will be like uh uh-huh yeah yeah definitely so
1: yeah uh, and I do not uh, like I I have one word doc everything is in the word doc oh god the whole book from (laughs) beginning to end and uh, I also write out of order so basically my manuscript will be like I'll write a word scene and then I'll write the word gap yeah, uh. go write another chapter or something, and uh, it, it works for me. It, yeah. It, back in the day, uh, I was on a very old, uh, might have been a Mac, when I wrote my first novel, uh, Black Dogs, back in the day, which was very long, because, you know, I, I was, I started it when I was 16, it was a doorstop fantasy novel. Of course. And, in order, it word ran so slowly that if I tried to scroll through the entire file, uh,
2: yeah, it would
1: it would break. So um, what I would do was I had I put a keyword in that appeared nowhere in the manuscript, so that I could just find that word, and that would take me to like the one third mark, the two third mark. That's clever. the word I chose was squid. And this was fine until many years later when uh, my small press buddies and so decided to. They were like, "Hey, we will publish this. If we think there's enough interest." Oh no! <laughs> and they uh, and I sent it to them, and five you know a couple weeks later, I get this email from one like, "Okay, we've we've done you know copy edits and or it was not copy edits, We've done an editing pass, but." you know you have the word squid just inserted at random throughout the text so
2: you want us to leave that in the book, is that there for a reason? And I, I'm like, no, 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 no. That's great.
0: I am breaking into our discussion here because I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor Scribophile. A lot of people ask me if uh, I know a way they can start a writer's group or join a writer's group or what to look for in a writer's group or beta readers or whatever. And I work alone a lot, so I don't really have an answer for that. But then I found out about Scribophile, and it's exactly where people want to be. It's, uh, you can upload your stuff, you can get detailed critiques from other people, you can find beta readers, you can help other people out by giving them critiques. Um, it's been endorsed by Writer's Digest and NanoRimo and, uh, What else do I recognize? Predators and Editors. And has made several lists of uh, 100 best websites for writers. There is a free membership and a paid membership. And uh, I recommend you check it out. Because it looks pretty sweet. Even on the free level. But thank you for your... Uh, sponsorship for Scribophile, and if you guys want to check them out, check out Scribophile.com, and I'll have that in the show notes. Wow, I, oh, I came great. in at a really fun point. I'm sorry I had to <laughs> run away, guys, but it sounds like you, uh,
2: y'all carried it just fine. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the old school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I take it, and sticky notes. And, uh, uh, yeah. and, of course, and of course, one of the other essentials, at least for me, is spiral notebooks. I, I go through a dozen for each book, and uh, but you can never have too many spirals. Um, back to school sales are are my crack, yeah. and uh, I load up. I probably have like thirty good spiral notebooks that are waiting to be used, and and I'm picky. They have to have like a, a, a hardish cover so they don't go fall floppy. College ruled, and if they have one of those little pocket things in there, too, that's great. So yeah,
1: I'm so impressed by people who can actually write like longhand like I will I will go out of my way not to physically write anything. So, uh if I write notes to myself, I uh, I pull up notes on my iPad or something, but uh I I would never write notes down physically unless uh there was a gun to my head.
0: Well, with my with my issues, I have I can't write longhand because it's my writing is awful, my handwriting's awful, but when it comes to taking notes, I can't do that while typing. For some reason, if I'm brainstorming and just writing lists or ideas or whatever, it's gotta be longhand. And I just hope I can read it when I'm done.
2: Oh, I'm the same. I mean, my, my handwriting is absolutely, absolutely horrific. And um, there have been many times when i am gone by and go, I have no idea what I said. I bet that was the brilliant thing that would have made mm-hmm. me a there. And now yeah. I'm just screwed. Damn it. <laughs> oh well
0: (laughs) yeah um so yeah I, i was i was telling ursula about something oh that's right um yeah well there's canva yeah it's got it's just for someone like me who has no graphic design sense at all it's really really useful because it's got it's got so many elements and you can upload your own stuff so i can get like a well, if you look at uh if you look at Ursula's if you're watching this live, if you look at Ursula's cover, you've got like trees and then you've got um the twisted ones and other words written in sort of a a, a less focused font. Um that's color, like gray, and then you've got a much brighter gray for the title of twisted ones. I can see on Canva where that would be <clears throat> the different how to, how to, how to layer that, how to make the stuff in the back look all creepy and, uh, muted and the stuff in the front be brighter and how to get a good font that doesn't look like you just thought Comic Sans was still a good idea or papyrus. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you, if you are someone like Ursula, you can start with a blank canvas and then use whatever, uh, elements they have, or if you're like me, you can take an existing template and then switch everything out, including the colors, and put your own stuff in, and it looks completely different, which has made me feel a lot more confident with uh, making Instagram posts or uh, covers for my podcasts or whatever. Um,
1: You you're using it for podcast covers, then, because I was sort of wondering, because I know you don't self-publish a lot of stuff these days, so...
0: Oh, I might if 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 I, if I do self-publish, and uh, you were our friend Daniel are otherwise occupied, I would not feel so scared to make the cover myself now.
1: And there's a lot to be said. Like I, even though I am in fact an, an artist, uh, art and graphic design are two wildly different skills. It yes. Back me up on this, one hundred percent. Yeah, there are people will ask me to do a logo and I'm like, no, uh, I, the logos are, are somebody else's thought. I can, uh, we can draw you a realistic chicken or a cartoon chicken. We can't make a good chicken logo. That's somebody else. That's another skill set. Daniel can make a good chicken logo. I mean, for lack I'll, of I'll tell him you said that. It's, like, it's almost like left brain, right brain skills. Cause graphic design requires a lot more line and balance and text and, like, that.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. And, and you yeah, got to understand customers and what where they will look first on the cover and where you want the eye yeah. to be drawn and all that stuff. Yeah.
1: And when I lay out covers for uh, my stuff, I go through, like, ten iterations of usually of fonts and ideas. I just I will do perfectly good covers and throw them out and be like, nope, this is not going to work. And, or, you know, so, and I sit there and Photoshop and, and have uh, made myself nuts on more than one occasion
0: with it, so. Yeah, but you do your own covers. You do a lot, you did a, do a lot of hybrid publishing where you, you know, you put out stuff with uh, Tor and Saga, if I'm correct.
1: Uh, yeah, that wasn't hybrid. That was, that
0: was. No, no, no. I'm no. saying that, that's, that's the, <laughs> the one half of it. And then you do your own stuff which you do all the designing for.
1: Yep, and uh, Argyle Press handles all the print uh, versions, which I appreciate, but I do the covers and whatnot, and then I send them files. Uh, Yeah, and it's, uh, uh, so I guess Photoshop is another tool there. Uh, And yeah, it's, you spend, and then you get the the day work that you spend in the font lines, where you really, no matter what happens, the font you have for the cover is wrong. It is not what you need. You need to go spend, uh, you know, uh, like eight hours looking at fonts and tearing your hair out and you wind up with five new fonts and one of them may or may not work.
0: Uh, Ursula, there's a question in chat. Ask Ursula about her font hunts.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly, that's it. You, you, Like, uh, about once every six months or so, I will basically say on Twitter, I'm going into the font mines, people and uh it, i go uh the last time i was looking for a font i ended up designing my own that is how bad it got uh, wow yeah well a great tool uh called font make uh, like i font maker um let's look up on here and tell me what the name of the thing is. yeah uh it's uh it, ios i believe is what it works on it works great on ipad um it's, uh, what page is it on? I don't know, just scroll into there. I uh, Font Maker, yeah, I Font Maker. And it is as dirt simple as making a font can be. I made a, my own handwriting font, basically. Wow. And it, uh, it's great. Like, you can go as complex as you want. You can get in there and fiddle around with, uh, ligatures and things. But it is, it makes it so easy and... So that was awesome. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that is a level of geekery you probably don't need to get to if you're writing a book. But that's what we're I,
0: talking I, about.
2: We're talking about the tools. Sorry, go ahead, Diana. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say that I, if I did a hand, my, my handwriting font, it'd be like, what the hell is this? No one would ever be able to read it. It's like, oh, it's Squiggles. It's what? I don't know. Huh? So, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is that it works so because, you know, you're doing each letter individually. Each letter usually make more or less legible, so what comes out becomes
2: fairly legible. Yeah, Uh, you say that, you haven't seen my handwriting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would find no great shakes either.
2: So yeah, I I absolutely
0: endorse Canva, they are not sponsoring me, but uh, if you have a lot of graphic design to do, or you just want to make something look good. Uh it's definitely worth the 15 or so bucks. Um the thing I'm not sure is worth it is um I'm paying monthly for Vidivo, V I D E V O, which is just uh little clips of videos. So, you know, I can have a little girl blowing out uh, a birthday cake or one of my favorites. I never really found a use for it, but I did have a button on my stream deck for a little while that had a white woman crying. And so that was my, going to be my, my mocking sort of, oh, so sad kind of thing. And just changed the image, all the video just to this big face of a white woman weeping, but, um, never found use for it, but, uh, it, it, it's helpful in the, it was helpful in the holidays because I normally use a green screen when I'm streaming, Um, I didn't since I put up, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this later. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Reminder, Ursula is driving at the moment. Through (laughs) Washington, D.C. Oh dear, bless your heart.
0: (laughs) Yes, we're very glad to have you with us, even during (laughs) this time of of stress. stress. Um, but yeah, I usually have, I, I recently put up little, um, bookshelves behind my head so I could show books even though you probably can't see them because they're tiny but anyway I was working on that so I took the green screen down but when I have the green screen up I like to have some sort of dynamic background and video is good for that but I'm paying monthly and I sometimes I just need to wonder if I should just go and like try to make a plan of what I need in the next year and go and download all of them and I know there's a limit, but there's like a limit of 100 or something. So if you're like a real media professional, you're gonna reach that in a month, but I don't think so. But so I'm trying to figure out if, you know, having a fun thing on the, my green screen is worth that much money every month. And again, it's like, it's again like Canva where it's it's less than 15, it, it is at most 15. I think it might be 13. But anyway, I wanted to ask you guys uh, with with the money you might spend on your careers,
2: well, I think it's okay to spend some money in, in writing on stuff that you just enjoy. I mean, cause this, this job can eat you up. Yeah. So, I mean, the silly stuff I think is important. The fun and whimsical stuff, because God knows there's not that much of it. Um, yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to go through and, you know, do all these things. I have this weird thing where my assistant and I will go through and find pictures for every character in the book. And it's like, You know, we'll go, we'll search the internet. It's like, oh, this is Bryce and this is Jill. And and we'll have this like slideshow and it's just fun. It doesn't actually help with anything, but it's fun. And it's a nice break for when I'm, you know, I'm tearing my hair out. uh, Yeah. Other things. So I think it's okay to have whimsical stuff. I mean, as long as it's not like super, super expensive or anything like that, but yeah. Or if you can afford it, you know, go for it. If it Uh, makes you happy. Yeah. (laughs)
1: The, the writing, it's the fun hobby stuff as opposed to the, the required professional stuff though, because
2: like, you don't need this to, to write or sell a book or anything, it's just you know, it's cool yeah, yeah well, it's, like, you know, it's like I remember when I was first coming up as a baby baby writer who you know, I'd gone through Clary West and I hadn't really sold much of anything and I went to Worldcon and I was like, no, the writers don't, don't cosplay, and I was like, oh and it was so sad because I used to cosplay. Now writers will still cosplay. And it's like, I think that's really cool. But back then it's like, no, we are serious. I'm like, well, that sucks. So, but yeah, you know, I think you got to maintain, hold on the joy that you have in science fiction, fantasy horror and all that from the very beginning. So that's Writers
1: what. don't do cosplay. That's bullshit.
2: Right. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so Diana, you mentioned
0: something that I've been, um, toying with uh, you said you have an assistant and that is another tool which we, with which we can work on our writing um careers i had an assistant this this summer and then they decided to screw me and go off to college i mean can oh, you believe it That asshole. i know oh. i know so um did you
1: give birth to this assistant by chance yeah <laughs> i was just curious okay we can't all make
0: our own assistants. Like that. <laughs> I I did not, I, I did not make her with the concept that you know in in nineteen years, you know she'll be able to do the heavy lifting on my email or something. But um, <laughs> you know she did a lot of uh, a lot of social media stuff for me. She did my uh, stream moderation and. Um, now and did a lot of my art and now she's off to school and what she can do for me is much more limited because she's going to classes and i'm thinking like how do you find an assistant and what do you ask of them
2: well well my assistant has been my friend for god almost 25 years and so i mean she knows um the books as well as i do and I mean, she's great, like brainstorming, figuring stuff out. We, um she's a damn near co-writer in, in, in some ways. She does a lot of my editing for me. But I, basically we were friends. We've been friends forever. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure that would help other people. It's like, go back in time, get your best <laughs> friend, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and then Get them cooked on your books. There you go. <laughs> How about continuity? Do they have the continuity? Oh God, yes. Um, yeah. they're the ones um, yeah, my, my sister was the one who like keeps track of like spreadsheets and stuff like that. Um, you know, helps like get, make, sure, make sure the style sheets are okay. basically, it's a second brain and it's, and it's fantastic. Uh, it's really great. Um, comes up with some terrific ideas like helps you brainstorm stuff. Um, you know we brainstorm stuff together. We'll have Zoom calls where it's like, okay, what are you, what, what's gonna go on with this theme? And it's like, what are we gonna do? It's like, oh, okay, so, it's it's good. It's a partnership in a lot of ways.
0: So, but I, I to have, find one, you got to go back in time. What were you saying, Ursula?
1: Uh, I, I have a couple of friends who have offered to do some assistant work, but the problem is I'm never sure what to have them do, because about the only thing I can think of is, like, will you triage my email? <laughs> and there's, I get, you know, I, I am not yet at the point where I am famous enough that uh, I have to... Uh, I think it was Neil Gaiman who said he realized at some point he had become a person who, he wasn't a person who wrote books, he was a person who answered email. So he hired someone to answer the email and went back to writing books. I am not quite at that stage yet. So uh, I'm like, okay, there's, I, you take 20 minutes a day to, you know, filter my junk mail and uh, reply to a couple of things. When I was a children's book author, uh, primarily it would have been I could have used one a lot more back then because I had to answer so much fan mail oh was yeah about not answering, you know, these, these very earnest handwritten letters and uh but what I did and this is the thing, if you ever find yourself as a children's book author for the love of God do this uh go to cafe press or something get postcards printed with your uh book cover and like fun fact and thanks for writing then you can just sign them and send them back it's great it acknowledges they wrote you and you don't have to like oh that's good yeah. Yeah.
0: very smart um so do you you you've had a lot of people offer to help you and i know you pretty much have a you have a stable of weird scientists that follow you online, and whenever you need to ask a question about frogs or earwigs, or I'm not going to say hyenas because you already know every goddamn thing about hyenas, and I don't want to talk about. It, even though every time I bring it up, it's me bringing it up and not you. Which I
1: really, you think you'd learn by
0: now? I would learn by now, but let's go back to the earwigs. <laughs> Uh, I believe that is probably uh, Lee. Hang on, that—that's probably one of uh, uh, Diana's neighbors taking care of uh, detritus from the hurricane. So, uh, yeah, someone was asking if that was a sander or a saw or something. Uh, yeah, chainsaws, chainsaws. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. go on, Ursula. Don't talk about hyenas. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I have. The, oh, you want to hear
1: about the hyenas now? Uh, up about hyenas is that uh, they have these females no. have very large erectile clitorises. They're larger than the male's penises. No. Which means A, they are, as far as we can tell, the only matriarchy among land carnivores because they, their trunk is bigger than the, the men. So, uh, you know, uh, you get more in, in aquatic uh, killer whales. So it's, uh, uh, carnivores on land, uh, the women are absolutely in charge. Uh, among the hyenas, and, and the unfortunate thing, though, is that they have to give birth through them, and it's it basically if you uh, the the birth canal kind of runs right through the middle, and so uh, yeah, you, you it's you give birth through your dick more or less, and so as a result, uh, mortality among first-time mothers is high. And among uh, the first uh, offspring,
2: basically, you
1: can write off, which became a plot point of the comic I wrote. And, uh, what kind uh, of comic? Oh my god! Was, uh, an anthropomorphic comic called Bigger. Uh, it's been
2: on for ages. And oh my god, that's and, uh, awesome. The hyenas uh, uh,
1: just assumed their firstborn offspring would
2: always
1: die. And so, uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, I. Uh, the other cool thing is that uh because the females are who all the social status passes through uh the and, and they have very complex social lives but your brother is useless to you because you can't breed with him and he will not provide you any status uh, and he will in fact uh basically as soon as he's an adolescent so as soon as they are born before their eyes are open well, hyena pups will start trying to kill their brothers because all you are is a competitor for milk, you will never do me any good, and uh, so they are—they are a fascinating species. Anyway, yeah, right. uh, uh, okay. I, I went off on this tear once to uh, Joe Hill because her uh, led in with it, and uh, much to her chagrin. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, but yes, I, uh, I do have a whole cadre of scientists who I am terribly grateful to who follow me on Twitter. So, if I need to do something like, okay, uh, and a lot of times, if they don't follow me, they know who to ask. So, they'll be like, oh, uh, you know, Twitter, tell me. Uh, uh, okay, most recently, I was like, Twitter, I need to have a scene where... The villain is picking teeth out of an urn of cremated ashes. Uh, how many teeth am I likely to have uh, left over after cremation? I know that uh, when you're cremated, incidentally, uh, it doesn't reduce everything to ash. Your uh, bones in and your teeth will still have large chunks intact, so they run you more or less through a grinder to reduce everything to a fine, sort of ashy powder called cremate. And I was like, okay, so if they go through the grinder, will there be any teeth? And how long ago would this have been? When did they start doing this? And actually a uh, mortuary report online, lovely uh, lovely person uh, called, it was a DM and was like, can I just call you and walk you through the whole thing so that you get this bit right? Because like five morticians will read your book and we will all wince if it's wrong, because we're that sort of people. And I'm like, please call me. So. I wound up, you know, wandering around back and forth in front of the local hardware store uh, going, okay, and that's... Okay, and how do you crush the
0: teeth? Oh, fascinating. So, yeah. You, you're really an asshole for going from the hyena story to a teeth story. Like, what did I do to you? Oh, you're not into... It. Oh, sorry. I, I forget you have a, a dental thing. Yeah. Um, oh, hey, Natalie. Good to see you. Natalie uh, is... Just followed, so good to see Natalie Metzger, um, the Hi, illustrator for uh both John Scalzi and Chuck Wendig's latest illustrated books. Uh, Diana, I apologize. I hope you can hear me. I muted you because of the chainsaw, and now Meat says only you can unmute yourself. So I texted you and I'm saying it right now, it's all in your hands, and I'm sorry.
2: Okay, okay, okay. good, yay! Yeah, I, I <laughs> I actually had it inside because the chainsaws were coming closer and closer.
0: Oh, so, that's frightening.
2: Um, there are many, many trees down. And they're finally, get, they're finally starting to take care of the uh, the ones on the golf course. So, but, oh, oh my God. Anyways. The tree cutters make a lot of money. So yes. I was, I was going to come out it teeth. It's like, because uh, I know you love them. Um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm fine.
0: Uh-oh, you went away. It, Diana. it sounds like it. it was colanders. Oh no, you you cut out there for a minute, Diana. Can you start over?
2: <laughs> yes, I'm going to start over about the teeth because I know you love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I worked a crime scene once where uh, it was a burned car out in the woods, and the only reason we knew that there was anybody um, any, had anybody been in the car is because we found teeth, and so we had to literally sift through the entire ashes lit- with the- to find the teeth, and eventually did ID the person, but. uh that was fun.
0: Yeah, Diana has a history in uh, <clears throat> law enforcement and mortuary work, right? Not,
2: not mortuary, morgue. Morgue, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I was a I was a, a morgue assistant. I assisted on, got hundreds of autopsies. Um, and I was a crime, I was a, a street cop, a detective, then a, a crime scene tech, did computer forensics. Um, yeah, fun times. This is what makes uh, her series, the White Trash Zombie series, so <laughs> good. Because
0: <laughs> you know that that. There, there's so much detail that's really, really useful in there. You can tell, you know, you, when you can tell somebody's really has inside knowledge and who looked it up on
2: Wikipedia, yeah. Right. So. Or who's just like, you know, going by the seat of the pants. I read a book once where they talked about um, how they put the, the body in the freezer and then took it out to autopsy. It's like, nope, you can't autopsy. You can't cut a frozen slab of meat. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, they're not freezers. They're fridges, and your your meat will still rot in there. So it has to autopsies have to be done in, in the next couple of days. So. Okay. The
1: latest coffee romance novel that I wrote. Uh, one of the, the characters is, or one of the the protagonists is a, uh, uh is the medieval equivalent of a court or a mortician or coroner, rather. And so he's uh, doing autopsies, and uh, he's like, yeah, you know, we we get a couple of days down here in the cellar where and
0: then we have to bury them. We can't keep them folded up. Right. <laughs> so going That's back romance. to the whole... Sorry, Ursula? I said fluffy romance. I love it. <laughs> yes, yes. Your your romances usually stumble into the oh, look, a severed head kind of thing. <laughs> well, there are no... Se-
1: Wait, no, look, there's one severed head in this- but it's not related
0: to the previous so yay that's okay I discovered that I try to put murder grannies in every book of mine so I've just finally started to embrace it and there is a murder granny in the upcoming book Station Eternity brought to you by Ace in 2022 October (laughs) pre-order sometime in the future yeah.
1: I, I am told that, that my recurring thing is that there is always a very practical person and a helpful animal. And that both of them will occur in uh, Nettle and Bone in April 2021.
0: Yes, I'm reading that one now. Because um, I got the...
1: Oh, there is, a, there is a tooth scene. I should warn you. <laughs> when you're in the Goblin Market, there will be a brief tooth scene. I,
0: I know. I've gotten past the tooth scene. It's actually not nearly as bad as you could have made it. So, no, uh, I, I'm to Yes, uh, yeah, sorry Joey, Ursula in the car, I can't do much to boost her audio, um, but that's yeah, what, yes, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you start talking about something that will make me cringe, then I'll just automatically, like, all the outside audio will go away and it'll come through crystal clear. <laughs> yeah, the Joe Hill story is great, it's great, i You know, meeting him ever again, I I have no idea what. I'm probably going to dig the hole and crawl into it before I ever say anything.
1: No, I'm telling you, I have given you the perfect opening to talk to Joe Bill forever. You walk up and you go, I'm the one with the friend who started telling you about hyena junk. I am so, so sorry. And there, (laughs) conversation started.
0: Yeah, and he'll say, ah, I remember. You're the ones I ran away from. But... (laughs) Yeah, it was very much. I think I have to go find my wife now. And then he left. <laughs> this is Stephen King's son, people. We freaked him out. Nope. or Ursula did. For a I can't. Talked about uh, the crocodile movies and his light
1: strength and had a lovely conversation, and then he ran
0: away. And then he ran away. Yeah, he did recommend a book to me that I tried to read and was terrible. So I don't know what that says.
2: I'm trying hey, to hey. So you're saying that if I ever meet Joe Hill, I should tell him about how testicles swell up when they during decomposition? Yes. Okay. Cool. Do they? Yeah, oh, they no. swell up like grapefruit. I got oh, pics. No. I will share I some did pictures with know you. That. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Oh, no. Yeah. No. Was <laughs> inside Yeah. Apparently so. I mean, I mean, the body, whole body bloats up. Um, and in fact, if you have one that's really bloated when it comes in, um. What we used to do is we'd go up, you know, cut, you know, hold our breath, take a scalpel, kind of stick it in the stomach and run out until the gases kind of dissipate and, you know, be sucked away and drunk like that. But, but yeah, I, I, I might share the pictures I have of you, uh, with you of uh, swollen, decomping testicles. It's epic. No, it's interesting because that's actually how you deal with cows
1: that have bloat. If a cow is ideally still alive... Mm-hmm. This float is a condition where the stomachs uh, uh, get filled, one of the multiple stomachs of the cow. And oh, the yeah, yeah. Gas. And uh, there comes a point where there's nothing you can do except to vent the gas. So you basically stab the cow in the side with a, a uh, uh, well, whatever you have on hand, I suppose, at the time. <laughs> and then run like hell because the smell is decomposing cud, which is like one of the worst smells on earth. <laughs> and uh, this works on one kind of bloat, and, and the cow will usually survive uh, if that's, you know, done, assuming that they have regular bloat, which is one gas bubble. If they have something called frothy bloat, which is multiple gas bubbles, then they're screwed and you've lost a cow. But uh, anyway, so, authors, we are fun
0: people. We are we are <laughs> fun people. I just put in the chat that uh I, I put on a mustache because I realized mer's not here anymore, Mrs. Torrance, and uh then I put a content warning that Ursula is going to say words, so <laughs> I should have put that on earlier. I'm sorry, folks yeah
2: yes.
0: Yes. and then Diana and the testicles it's testicles just,
2: so I yeah, y'all are so
0: awesome <laughs> Blows into, a, into a romance novel, but I should... Mm. You're going to try to put testicle... Okay, I challenge you. I challenge oh, you. Will. Next romance... No, next romance going to have testicle bloat. Uh, Give them a happy uh, ever after. We're in, we're in copy edit still. I can go put it back. I can put it
1: <laughs> The one that comes out, hopefully, at the end of the month.
0: Which one is that?
1: Uh, this will be called Paladin's Hope.
0: Paladin's it's, Hope.
1: Uh, it is Galen's novel, if uh, anyone is interested. And uh, yes, it, from teaching Fisher, I'm hoping end of September.
0: So yeah. Okay, if I make a contribution to a, uh, a charity that is close to your heart, will you mock me up a cover that's saying uh, "Paladin's Testicle Bloat"? Uh, I,
1: I, you'll have to wait till I'm not driving, but I can probably <laughs> do something. Yes.
0: I'm not asking you to do it right the second you're driving! But I'm saying, you know, I, I I would love to see that, say, Paladin's testicle bloat, and then I figured one way we could do that is, like, give money to charity and, and make it worth your while.
1: Uh, if, if you agree to drop 50 bucks or more to the, uh, uh, uh alongside Wildlife Foundation.
0: Alongside Wildlife? Yes.
1: Then, uh, absolutely. They're a great little uh, group group that uh, does like uh, mini grants to scientists. So when it's like you know, I need eight hundred bucks to do camera traps kind of thing. uh, So they do mini grants direct, you know, to the people who need them, who are studying how to live with uh, wildlife and wildlife researchers. uh, Run by researchers, great, great little group.
0: All right, I got their website, and I'm putting it in the chat if anybody else wants. You can also
1: support them on Patreon. I, I vouch for
0: them; they're lovely. Okay, I will do so. We'll be we'll be in touch when you're not driving and I'm not streaming, and uh, we'll we'll make that happen.
2: Oh Ursula, I just uh, DM'd you a picture. It's in the slack, the Slack. So I just so don't be surprised oh, no, no. when when you open it up and go, oh goddamn. So, you know, yeah, although I don't think right. you would. I don't think you would do that. Then you'd be like, oh, cool. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, I
1: will not wait till I'm not driving. so Yeah, I'm that's probably see the attention it deserves. But
2: yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apologies to new followers. <laughs>
0: Apologies to new followers uh, Because of various I'm not getting targeted very much by the hate raids But I have gotten a couple of people jump in And since I have no moderator right now I'm on followers uh, only chat So if you want to chat you need to follow And then you're in a 10 minute waiting period And it's other people who won't let us have nice things And I'm sorry But uh, Natalie's finally allowed to chat And so she says hi And having a curated scientist Twitter list is great Highly recommended
1: Oh 100% like, and the problem is that it's an embarrassment of riches sometimes Because like people will start talking And I'll be like, my god, there's like five books in this Why has no one written a science fiction novel about this? Oh my god
0: I tried to throw one of your um, One of your bug facts Into a romance I was attempting And because it had no fantastical elements I really did not get a good plot going. Um, but I really did appreciate the, the, the bug stuff you, you found out for me that you actually knew off the top of your head. So yeah, I can just say that either having a scientist Twitter following or having a friend who has a scientist Twitter following, but we were, that reminds me, we were going to talk about, um, friends as tools in the business. And now I can't remember why.
1: Uh, we, we had started having a conversation about uh, uh, editors we had known. And yes. Uh, yes. And, uh, yes. and I, I think I said, well, you could talk about it. I mean, it would be cold-blooded to say that your friends are tools. <laughs> uh, but, but, I mean, God knows they're helpful. I, like, tools seem so cold. And, like, you shouldn't use them like tools because uh, nobody likes tools. Be used. Yes, assets, but if, if assets, you're
2: even with assets. You
1: know, yes, well, yeah. assets. Yes, if yeah. you're
2: friends,
0: then there's an implied back and forth, caring exchange, favors, help, all that, and um, just because of you, you know, you 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 make friends with the people in your area of expertise. So we meet a lot of science fiction writers. But the reason why this came up was. Um, I will, of course, name no names, but there was one time when I was eager to talk to a new editor for a new project, and we were uh, in... Ursula and I were at a convention together, and so she and my agent and myself and uh, met with this editor over drinks, and I believe the editor was late, and they sat there for, what, 10 minutes or so? 10
1: or 15 minutes. 10 or 15, yeah, 15 minutes. They they bought us all drinks, which was nice. Yes, they did
0: buy the drinks and the drinks were fancy. They were like the kind of yeah, drinks of you don't want to make at home because you don't want to take that much time or effort. You just yeah. yeah. But um yeah, so we sat around and I tried to bring up like what I was working on, but they didn't seem interested and then they're like, "Oh, right, I've got an important meeting. I got to run." And then they like paid for another round of drinks and then left. And I'm like, "That was a friendly meeting, wasn't it? That had nothing to do with my career." That was a waste of fucking time. <laughs> and the uh, thing was, I thought yeah. it was supposed to be a business meeting, and it never got I to that. And Well, your agent thought it was,
1: too. Yes. So I think the, the failing was perhaps on the... Uh, the and, and I suspect it probably was supposed to be, and then the editor, who was a bit of a flake, may have kind of...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's yeah, like... I- like yeah, that—that's where the whole friendly aspect might not work for you. It's not, it's—it's it, like sometimes meeting is, is is thought to be a. Um,
2: it's it's not, a hangout. Yeah, it's yeah, a hangout. Can, yeah.
0: And other yeah. times you you know it's about business, or sometimes it's just to get to know you. But if you already know them, then it's just that's a weird thing. If you have expectations and they are just wanting to hang out, it's. Awkward. And, you know, if we just hung out as sort of a get to know you better thing and it lasted longer than 10 minutes, then that would have also been okay. But it was just really infuriating that, you know, that, that it, it also mattered that that trip was not cheap. That was an expensive con and it was an expensive city. And, you know, I went down there with the hope that I could make some connections and network and do some good things for my career. And none of that happened.
1: Uh, so yeah
0: Yeah. so it's it's uh uh you you don't want to tell people you only want to use them because they're in your your world you know your your professional world but you know sometimes you do want something more to come of a conversation on a work trip i don't know
1: yeah it's all about like expectations everybody being on the same page i mean i have had I had a lovely meeting with an editor once where I, at the time, belonged to a different house, as it were. Yeah. And so we had a, like, it was like some kind of spy shit. We had this destined meeting, like, okay, is, is the editor that you report to at the other house, are they here? Okay, no. All right. We cannot legally say anything about, they, look, we all know that they wanted to poach me more or less, and I kind of wanted to be poached, but because I, you know, had right of first refusal at this other, at the house, I was,
0: Oh. so we,
1: we had a conversation that was them saying, uh, me saying, so I like books, and them say, yes, I too like books and then you know, we look at each other and i like, what kind of books do you like to read? <laughs> uh, I, I am very interested in this. What sort of books do you enjoy writing? Uh, conveniently, I am also interested in this sort of thing.
2: That's awesome.
1: Uh, that, was, that was like the opposite. That was a, a definitely a work meeting that we were um, uh, trying very hard to pretend, wasn't? And uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I remember I ran interference for you for that meeting.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, and I was grateful. And I mean, it wasn't like nearly as big a deal as as no. uh, all that. But, and I did wind up uh, leaving that for entirely different reasons that, you know, were mostly related to, uh, well, a lot of other stuff we won't get into. But, yeah, it's, and I mean, I had lovely meetings with people who, uh, with editors who I knew in passing who I did not have, you know, a or I knew online who were like, yes, let us get together and talk. And I would go and have a lovely conversation and then later on might realize that they had been feeling out whether I had any books I would send them and would be like, oh, you needed to be a lot less subtle than
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, I had a... a... When I was... when. Two agents ago, I had, uh, mine my, my was not nearly so uh, clandestine. It was actually very high school-like, because I met <clears throat> my uh, previous agent, Jen, at a convention where I was already with another agent, and, you know, we met, we hit it off, and apparently then she started going around to my friends asking if I was dating anybody, and, you know... <laughs> who i was represented by and and all that stuff and and you know,
1: represent, represented by not me. yes
0: but that's what it felt it felt like a whole high school thing is 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 did that guy have a girlfriend or a boyfriend is <clears throat> he single i want to know but yeah it was i i didn't find that out until later and um yeah it 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 helped that i was pretty much already on the way out of my previous agent so Then I contacted her when I was looking, so it all worked out, and I finally had an agent who did awesome jobs. Yay.
1: I I have had the opposite sort of experience where I I know several agents on Twitter, of course, and at one point, I think it was Dong Wan, I was like, I would love to have coffee with you or something. I am happily agented. This is not me trying (laughs) to get anything. I just would love to have coffee with you at a con or something. He's like, yes, it's cool. We both know we're not trying (laughs) to To vote
0: that's great <laughs> we can have coffee as friends not as you know clients yeah. it's funny I uh speaking of Dong Juan, I've had a conversation of uh I said I don't I, I feel guilty coming up to you at a bar and talking at a convention because I feel like I'm cock blocking authors who are not represented and need to really want to meet you And Dong Wan just said, that's, that's, that's fine. You're, you're my friend. You can sit and have a drink with me. So it was, uh, I should reiterate that Ursula is not a model to follow. That is absolutely (laughs) true. Nothing about Ursula's career is something you can follow. In fact, we made that the topic of the uh, guest of honor interview at ReaderCon this year. Uh, it was virtual. I was asked to do the interview and So I decided to take Ursula's career and try to use it as a roadmap to new writers. It did not go well, which was the (laughs) point. I knew it would not go well.
1: Go back to 1990 and start playing Muds.
0: Yeah. And there's also a get your agent trapped in an elevator for an hour where they have no cell signal when your editor is desperate to cut a deal so they don't lose you. That's my favorite part of your career story.
1: It's, uh, it's been a thing, yes.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the short, the short story is the, uh, oh, can I tell the short story real quick? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, Ursula was, uh, the, the, the publisher, where she was selling well, wanted to give her less money for her next book. And, uh, agent's like, no. And they wouldn't, uh, she would not take that. And she's like, all right, we'll take you in up to another house. And Ursula's like, what? Okay. My new career is, is over now, I guess. And then... Uh, I guess they told the editor and then the editor calls up Ursula and Ursula's like, I'm not allowed to talk to you. You have to talk to my agent. The editor's like, I can't get your agent on the phone. And the editor's freaking out and freaking out. And you find out that the agent was not playing hardball. The agent was stuck in an elevator, but it (laughs) upset the editor so much that of course they didn't want to lose her and they gave her a bigger deal. So if you ever find yourself in that position, you need to get your agent stuck in an elevator.
2: Or a truck, a truck of a car probably works, too.
0: Oh, yeah, Diana. Yeah. You are thinking outside the box, inside the <laughs> trunk. Inside the trunk. Yeah. Did I, did I tell that story right?
1: Yes, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, that is what happened. Uh, I was going to say, what, what are other tools, since we're supposed to be talking about tools, uh, uh,
0: of
1: writing and...
0: Business. I'll I'll go ahead and say that, uh, just to go back that, that, uh, who said it? Uh, the Rhoda said networks are tools. It's like other friends, other writers are not necessarily the tools, but the network you build is a tool. And I'm going to say, um, also it's, you need, uh, communication as a tool, because if you have a communication thing, even if you're communicating that we are not going to talk about X, wink, wink, like Ursula did with the editor, uh... It's still a good communication. Good good thing to know everybody is uh on the same page. Look, book pun. I did it. Uh <laughs> Oh the road also adds has to be an old car because my kid proved her cell works from the back of a new Civic.
2: <laughs> I do I wanna know the story
0: or mm. I don't mm. know.
2: College, man. College. Yeah. Yeah. We, we locked a few people in trunks of cars in college, too. So. Did you? <laughs> so much I don't know about you, Diana. <laughs> this doesn't surprise no, me, though. There's no duct tape or, or tarps involved, at least. No, so. no, of course not. No. <laughs> Except for that <laughs> one time, but that Quantico. didn't count. <laughs> he deserved it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I just want to point
1: out that we're passing Quantico right now. So <laughs> if there's anything, if you need to stop
2: in and pick up a serial killer i think that's where i do it or maybe a profiler i think you have to fill out an online form first to tick off which exactly which qualities you want it'll really? like, oh, yeah it'll streamline the process basically you know do you want creepy or suave you know it matters when picking out a yeah, serial killer it's
1: all creepy suave this is just something they do to sell like netflix shows
2: yeah yes, true
1: 99.9%, yeah. they're just creepy and sort of pathetic. Yeah, I hear, I
0: hear the guy who stars in the show You actually really hates it when people, like, say good things about his character. Because he's like, my character's a monster, you should not be appreciating my character. <laughs> and I haven't seen you, because it sounds like it's all stalking and obsession, and I don't, that's not entertainment for me. Oh, there's a good donut shop in Fredericksburg if you need it. Just a bit off 95, says Octopus Gallery, Ursula. Ursula, are you alive? Have I lost everybody? Suddenly feeling very alone here. Oh, no. Oh, the meeting has ended. I see. Perhaps it ended because we were at an hour? I don't even know. Let's see, how can I fix this? We'll do a new meeting. Sorry about that, guys. I did not know that was a thing. Talk amongst yourselves. Actually, if you have any questions for Diana or Ursula, provided I can get them back. Um. Let me know. Just talk amongst yourselves. I I panic when pe- when I do this and when other people streamers have to like stop and pay attention to something else. They seem to be so smooth, and I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna lose everybody right now. Yes, I'm getting texted. <laughs> okay. All right. New thing is sent. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, thank you, everybody. And I didn't uh, say hello to folks, but... Uh, I appreciate everybody being here and hanging out. And uh, I did find out that next week is when I'm going to have Matt and Gail Carriger with us. So that should work. Okay, I've told them both what's going on. Yeah, um. Yeah, excited to have them both on and Matt back. It's we're still working on getting him on a uh regular schedule. Here we go. What do we got? Hey, Diana, I'm sorry. I think uh I was I was kept to an hour. Did not know that. Oops. And there's Ursula, yay! So I think uh, we were kept to an hour and then knocked off, so I think that's what happened. I think happened. I'm back! Am I back? Yes, you're back. Everybody everybody dropped because the meeting ended. I think it was because it was an hour long, and I did not know that was the limit.
1: Oh, gotcha.
0: Blastards. So yeah, um, I did bring up to people to come up with uh, questions for us. And uh, unless you wanted to finish your thought, Ursula, I can't remember what it... Was uh, but I
1: think it was about it was just
0: about serial killers, but we're past Quantico now, so the moment is past. Oh, darn, okay. Um, uh, Cinema asked, What point in your career did you start attending
2: cons to network? Uh, for me, it was I was a I was definitely a baby writer. This was uh, about the time I think. Right after I went to Clarion West, which was 23 years ago, I went to my first World Con. No, wait, I did that before that. So yeah, before before Clarion. Um, but yeah, so maybe like 24, 25 years ago, when I was still very much a wannabe and had no clue what I was doing, but I met some great people, and uh, that's how I think that's how I found out about Cla- uh, um, Clarion. So it's been a long time, and I'm old. I've forgotten many things. <laughs> so.
0: uh, I never
1: attend cons to network. Uh networking happens in spite of myself.
0: Yeah, everybody wants to hang out with Ursula and she doesn't know why. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong?
1: <laughs> I, 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 well, I certainly don't know why. I don't think everyone does. I I'm Occasionally very nice people that I know online are like, let's get together and then, you know, they, they are Teresa Nielsen Hayden or something, but like, I knew her from a blog thing and we had hung out in, uh, virtually so, Yeah meet nice
2: people and then oh no you had me you had me at hyena clitoris that's how I get Mm you hang out
1: with Ursula for the weird stories both the ones she tells and the ones you get as a result exactly
0: (laughs) Ursula is a uh, weird magnet (laughs) that's why you
1: you wanted me to go to New Orleans with you because you knew strange things
0: would happen and they did (laughs) and they did Yeah, that's true. I totally forgot about that guy. Eddie was always ready. Yes. Yeah. You reminded me.
1: Seven languages.
0: Yeah.
1: I played the ocarina and was telling us about how his father or his uncle was the like voodoo mafia or something.
0: Yes. I just can't believe I forgot entirely. Like, now I can remember where we were and how he would just always call himself Eddie. Eddie's always ready.
1: Uh, we, we went in to book the swamp boat tour, I think. And he yes. was the guy who was working there. And uh, and he had uh, just finished writing a poem in honor of Obama being reelected, which happened while we were driving. Like, they were counting votes when we parked to get the hotel room and then <clears> we went <throat> to the bar and he had won, and...
0: Yeah, that was exciting because it Carl was Rose the. Was
1: throwing it
0: there weren't a lot of other people there, so we were just sitting at the bar watching. Uh, Ken Starr was it? Running down the hall. I think it was Carl Rose. Carl Rose, like yeah. Being like,
1: no, we, we are take me to the people. So like the camera's like okay, and they yeah. follow into the back room, and the statisticians are like, no, dude, it's over. And he's like, how can you know, dude? It's over. Yeah. That was. That was,
0: Yeah. That was a good time. I mean, um, the only other thing I
1: remember about that is that my drink it was garnished with a piece of sugar cane. It looked like swamp water.
0: <laughs> you, you you remember the, the 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 greatest things? I just remember the drunk guys during the vampire tour and you yelling at them. Yes. You you shamed them. It was great. Because we were drunk and we were just perfectly fine and able to be out in public. Yes. Um,
1: The big problem with with cruising the French Quarter is that, uh, and and Diana's probably laughing.
2: The the urine smell? The barf smell?
1: (laughs) No, it's that there are no public restrooms, so in order to use the restroom at a bar, you have to order something at the bar.
2: Hence the urine smell?
1: Well, yeah, there was a smell, but whatever. So I kept ordering the least alcoholic thing I could think of, which was a mimosa. So, I drunk about 10 mimosas at that point because once you drink alcohol, you have to pee again. And I have a very small Mm. bladder anyway. So, it was like I would go to a bar, use the bathroom, get an alcoholic beverage
2: so that I could use the bathroom. And yeah, it. Well, there's a song song about peeing in Mardi Gras because Mardi Gras, of course, there's, you know, there's a lot of people and you still have to buy something. And just anyway, if y'all want, I'll sing the song about Mardi Gras. urination i don't think i've had enough to drink <laughs> it's not bad
0: <laughs> it's, it's a song about urinating in mardi gras is not bad it's not
2: it's, not, it's, not, it's or, funny like, okay ain't I, no place to pee on mardi gras day ain't no place to pee on mardi gras day they're peeing on the balconies they're peeing down on you and me's no <laughs> place to pee on mardi gras day there you go That is in your head now. You are welcome. I feel
1: richer for
0: having this experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are (laughs) definitely richer. I was going to answer the con networking comment, a question, and I don't even have the will to live. It's gone, right? (laughs) Yeah. uh, I started going to cons first as a fan, and then um, once I started working at a computer game company, people seemed to want to put computer pro people who worked at computer game companies on panels like at dragon con. And because I was the rare unicorn of a woman working at a computer game company in 1998, uh, I got to put on panels there. So I like built my, started networking as a computer gamer and then as a podcaster. And so, you know, I remember at one point I was at Balticon as a podcast guest, just, dreaming of the day I would stop being put on Podcast 101 panels and start being put on, like, fiction panels. So, uh, yeah, that was a good day when it came. But it was, uh, th- that's how my, my networking started. Um, I One thing, I, I don't know if I've even talked about that on this show, but uh, one thing I did not realize was that when I started I Should Be Writing, I was networking accidentally because I started the show as a podcast by a wannabe writer for wannabe writers, but I wanted to interview experts just you know, cause I couldn't promise that I all, I knew everything. Um, and so I started, I, I discovered that if you have a little bit of false confidence and just pretend you know what you're doing, authors love to talk about themselves. So they were, uh, I, I got turned down for maybe two or three interviews in those first few years. Everybody said yes. If I could find them at a con, they said yes. Um, and suddenly I knew a whole bunch of writers. And because editors had paid attention when their clients, not their clients, when their authors were on my show, I suddenly knew a whole bunch of editors, too. And that was hugely unexpected. So I kind of stumbled into the whole networking thing just by wanting to have writers on my podcast.
1: And that's the thing. I I think uh, it's it's very hard to tell people how to network because it is a largely organic process. Like, I I know there are people who go into the thing going, I'm going to network. And maybe some of those people are successful, but I don't know how. It's, you know, it's like uh, every now and again, a a meme or something, not a meme, but... The thing will go around, you know, be wary of people who just want to use you as a stepping stone in their career. And that's great advice, except for the bit that I don't know how anybody would use me as a stepping stone in their career. Like, I mean, if they can figure out how, more power to them. Just, right. I don't know, It's not like you can go up to an editor and say, hey, I've had drinks with Ursula Verna the <laughs> Like They'll yeah. be like, yeah, you and half the known world, did you talk about hyena genitals? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the the thing is, I think it's more important to tell people what not to do, which is um, don't let shyness win, because you're if you don't want to say networking, you want to say uh, meeting other people in your professional field or meeting people who work in the field you want to work in.
2: I mean, interacting that, that, basically. I mean, yeah. the best way to the best way to. Get benefit out of going to conventions is by making friends. Yes. Because the, the people that we get all our advice from and stuff like that are the people we have made friends with. So if you go in there with this, I'm going to network, it first off, people can sense that. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. It's like, no, just don't. Just go in there and it's like hey, I'm having fun. You don't even have to say what you're writing because people know what people know you're a writer yeah i mean you you have that air you have that funk about you um, that, that, des- <laughs> that, that desperate glaze to the eyes so but go in and just the be cool of printer ink and despair.
1: yeah, yeah yes. exactly you know,
2: don't don't act desperate don't be a jerk make sure that you come across well tip you know tip the bartender tip people yeah. you know in the restaurant stuff like that and that's one of the biggest things is be a, a person that people want to hang out with you don't have to have absolute social skills because yeah. most people don't I mean honestly not in this industry but it's like the whole thing don't Yo. be a dick yeah so but yeah the basics of social kindliness tipping saying thank you not yelling at anybody don't be a jerk and you know understand that everyone there even the pros are like oh my god everyone hates me at some point <laughs> it's it's true yeah, yeah. one of the things is be genuinely interested in other people
1: right? yes I mean, oh, yeah. Other people are fascinating. Like, not necessarily other people's writing, because when writers get together, very few of us actually sit and talk seriously about the craft of writing. We talk about, you know, uh, how your testicles swell up on the morgue slab Thank you. Recently. Right? And, yes. And hyena genitals. And hyena genitals. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, we, when we talk shop, it's like, oh, God, I have to do another set of revisions for the guys at, at Publisher X. Oh, Jesus, is Publisher X doing that again? That sucks. Can you tell them to go to hell? Yeah. Like, that's as far as we go. It's not like, you know, we're, we're usually in there uh, speaking. Uh, this isn't the Algonquin round Table. We're not talking about our craft. Yeah. We're talking about taxes and uh, contracts. So, and,
0: yeah, yeah, sometimes it's, uh, I'm looking to go to a new house. You're with X. What, you, what can you tell me about how they are to work with? Things like that. But, yeah. um
2: yeah, but if you're, comes- yeah, if you're a new writer, one of the best ways to you know kind of insert is you ask the other person about themselves. Say, "Hey, where are you from?" Yeah. Um, you know, is there something cool about you? What kind of work do, ha, did you do before becoming a writer? Blah blah blah. Or are you still doing it? And people love talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone loves talking about themselves, and it's even better when someone asks you to talk about themselves. <laughs> mean, themselves. <laughs> you don't just, so just volunteer. Like, it. Yeah. Th- th- yeah. Then you then you don't feel yeah. like oh I'm dominating the conversation. It's like and also if someone asks you about yourself you can talk about yourself but then like have like a little mental clock it's like okay i've talked about myself for a lot and then turn around it's like well what about your thoughts on such and such i mean that's yeah. one of the things i try and keep in mind a lot is uh ask the other person and that's how you make friends yeah um and i know that also, this sorry go ahead no no i was just saying say we are for the
0: most part a group of total geeks oh yeah
1: so uh. there is always some topic that you know they will love to keep out about. Like, I, uh, uh, I was at a bar with uh, Kevin Hearn where we were both at a con. We did not talk about writing. We did not talk about, you know, the, the uh, perils of, of the profession. We talked about fonts and font ligatures and got super excited about, like, swashes and things. It's, it, there are people who, you know, find the other person's passion. It's usually not very far below the surface. Yeah. And uh, I, have, I have had, uh, if you go to con as a guest of honor fairly regularly, um, people will pick you up. Uh, you, you get usually a handler that comes and picks you up. And I have had some just fascinating conversations with those people. Like uh, one at uh, uh, Bubonicon I was like, so so what do you do? And they were a, uh, they restored fabrics for the museum. They work in the museum and then they would get like these ancient fabrics and they would have to figure out how to preserve and restore them. And it, it, this is fascinating stuff. I'm like, really? Okay, tell me what, what sort of things are you doing? Like, just, you know, like a lot of modern detergents are super harsh, you can't just wash, like you, uh, you can't just, you know, throw an ancient uh, uh, seminal uh, <laughs> blanket into the, you know, wash on hot water and, and permanent press. And it just, I was fascinated. I, I was, like, peppering them with questions all through lunch. And, uh, yeah, I I am sure they remember me as the freak who interrogated them about their job, but, uh Yeah.
0: Um, we do have a comment in chat, a really good point from uh, Triffid, uh, saying, where are you from can be tricky, though. For instance, if you ask an Asian American, that they get a lot of people assuming they're not from around here. So, yeah, keep that in mind. Um, a good
2: point. Yeah, good yeah. point. I think,
1: I think it, is, it is probably a safer thing at cons, because it is assumed that no one will be from there. So, or, so you can say, are
2: you local or whatever? That's good. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: I do want to point out this this is almost always asked. I don't know if it's if I feel like I talk about it a lot, but it keeps being asked, but um You do not need to drink to hang out at a convention bar There are so many people who really work it up in their heads that they don't like they're gonna be called out or judged or made fun of I mean We have a lot of mormons in science fiction And Mm -hmm. they hang out at the bar just fine. John Scalzi does not drink. He just doesn't do it. Um... I know a couple of other people, I'm not work sure.
1: Looking conspicuous ginger
0: ale, yeah. You know? But you know, if someone offers to buy you a drink and you say I'd like a sparkling water, they're not gonna go, oh come on. And if they are, they're dicks. Yes. Because you could be doing it for your health, you could be a recovering alcoholic, you could just be drunk enough and don't want any more. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons you could not want a drink and you don't need to justify it to them at all. So really
1: and I have never had anyone try to pressure me to have a drink like the most i will get is if i work something non-alcoholic because i've had enough they'll be like you sure okay and then yeah that's, yeah. that's the extent of it it's, no you can absolutely positively be dead sober yeah they might the think bar. that
0: uh they might think that what they want they might think that the drink you want is like too expensive or something and that's why they say, "Are you sure?" I'd love to buy you that that single malt if you want it, kind of thing. But if you're just sure you want a soda, just ask. It's not a big deal. It's the con is uh, the bar con is the major networking area, and I know a lot of people who let the alcohol problem hold them back, and you really don't need to. And you know, if you if your funds allow for it, you can also buy around, get whatever the hell you want. You know and buy a pitcher of beer a bottle of wine for the rest of the table and you know that works too you do not need to drink ever ever do not feel that you should have to drink
2: what she said
1: yeah. <laughs> at, at room parties and whatnot uh, there will always be coolers full of soda yeah. and water and whatnot and so yeah you, you do not have to worry about that and nobody is going to be like oh my god you non
2: drinker yeah, yeah. It's more. It's it's more likely you'll be hurt in the opposite direction. You know, if if you're if you're a lightweight, don't drink or don't drink a lot. Be, I mean, know what your tolerance is. Because yeah. I've known a few people who've made not great first impressions or even second, third, fourth impressions because they got really loaded and it was like, mm, okay, yeah. so that's who you are underneath, kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, m- much better to stick with one or you know maybe one and a half kind of thing. Like definitely know your limits. Yeah. Definitely. Um,
0: we also have deodorant cannot be emphasized enough. Yes. Oh, God,
2: yes. And shower every day, please. Yeah. Yes.
0: Basic mm-hmm. uh, uh, hygiene things. Um, but I've held you guys for like an hour and a half, and I'm very Laced. sorry. Yeah. But uh, if if you want any more we should probably... Uh, the words just left wow okay (laughs) we should probably wind down um if you have any questions for our awesome guests say them in the chat now um I just want to thank both of you for being so up for hanging out at a moment's notice and being on the stream and helping me do this show um I've put of course it was several plot several lines up I'll see if I can get that but uh you should check out both of these amazing writers books because uh they're very, very, uh, very talented. And there they are! Ha ha! I
2: found it. So, uh, Diana, you want to tell us where you can find you online? Um, dianaroland.com is the easiest one, but Mom, um, I don't. It's a. <laughs> the website has not been updated lately. Um, I'm on Twitter, Diana Roland, and I'm on Facebook. Um, I have a personal page and then a like a fan page, but I don't really do much with a fan page. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I, I have the Christmas dragons and the Washington Post says I'm a hero for our times. Oh, that's right. You are a hero for our yeah. times. Yeah. You want to tell the, yeah. the dragon story? <laughs> yeah, I have these inflatable dragons that... Um, You know, we've been putting up for Halloween um, for years, and we take them down after Halloween, and then we put them back up for Christmas, and we decorate them for Christmas. And uh, in 2018, I got an anonymous letter from a neighbor saying, um, Your dragons are inappropriate for Christmas. It makes people think that you're part of a demonic cult. Yeah. I've Um, seen the pictures. These are not demonic dragons, they're 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 puffy. yeah, and so and so I said, so I considered remove, the uh, last one was please consider removing them. So I considered and then added two more. And I posted pictures and it went mega viral. I mean, not just viral, but mega viral. I had CNN, I had MSNBC, I had BuzzFeed, New York Times, Washington Post. Um, I did like a couple of TV interviews and Jimmy Fallon mentioned the dragons in his monologue. Wow. That is the viral yeah. thing. That yeah, that's viral. <laughs> It was an, a terrifying week. <laughs> I also learned that when you're being interviewed on TV, don't be someplace where the lighting is right overhead. Um, <laughs> yes, especially you when you're in that. your 50s. Um, because, you know, I, I was interviewed in my house in the hallway where there's overhead lighting. And when it cut back to the anchor, like, oh, she could be the uh, um, the mother of dragons mother. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah. And oh. then she like, caught herself and said, or oh, maybe her sister. It's like, it's too late. No. Nope. I'm old enough to be Amelia Clark's mother, but that's beside <laughs> the point. So, yeah. It's like, oh God, I'm a hag So, <laughs> so yeah, I learned that lesson. You want in front lighting. Yes. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Uh, Ursula, you want to tell us where to find you? Uh,
1: let's see. Uh, my website is redwombatstudio.com. And that has links to you know where you get all the books and stuff. Um, if you want up to date my life, that sort of thing, I live on Twitter. I'm Ursula V. U R S U uh, L A V. That is certainly the easiest way to find me because uh, yeah, I I post a gazillion times a day. And uh, yeah.
2: That's that's about it. I don't have any cool dragon stories, sorry. Uh, You
1: have hyena stories. My blog is the first hit if you Google lawn crayfish.
2: Lawn crayfish.
1: Yes, uh, the the crayfish that live in lawns. People don't realize that uh, uh, crayfish, burrowing crayfish live in people's lawns. And so while I don't get mega viral, uh, every spring when people start noticing there are lawn crayfish, Someone does a news story on it, and they will just, like, Google the thing, find my blog, and right. email, and ask if they can follow an interview. So I've done a couple of things about it. a species I know virtually nothing about, it, except they live in people's
2: lawns. Okay, I'm really baffled by the fact that people don't know about crawfish living in your lawns. But, of course, I'm from Louisiana, so. Yes, well, that's exactly. that's
1: the thing. Like, there is this huge, steep divide. When I first saw one, I, like, there was a hole, and I was all, what is in the hole? And I look down, and I see a claw. And I am like, that is a crustacean. What the ever-loving Why What is a crustacean in my lawn? Well, do they build and the I chimneys up, up the there? In the flower bed. And uh, in, in North Carolina, you know what? I asked Kevin, he's like, maybe it's a crayfish. And I'm like, well, what do you mean crayfish in the flower bed? And he's like, yeah, well, I'm crayfish. So then I went around and started asking random strangers. Like, went to the farmer's market, and just started interrogating people. Do you know about the existence of lawn
0: crayfish?
1: (laughs) It sounds like you're asking if they
0: have been saved by Jesus.
1: There's this vast divide between people who are like, are you on crack? There is no such thing as a lawn crayfish. And people going, yeah, obviously. And I realized the problem is if you know they exist, they are so obvious. It's like you never go up to somebody and say, hey, are you aware of the existence of squirrels? You just assume they are. And so nobody is talking about the existence. Long crayfish, because if you know, they're, there, they're like squirrels, so you don't
2: mention it. And, yeah. Uh, okay, anyway, I can uh, only assume that they don't build chimneys up there, because here they, they build these, like, mud chimneys. It's like these m- tall little, I mean, piles of mud, yeah, and the yeah. hole is there. Those are devil crayfish, and uh, they're incidentally found as
1: far north as Michigan. Some build the little chimneys, some just have, like, a little muddy porch. Hmm. And, yeah, so, go figure.
0: Huh all right so lawn crayfish exist and you can find more about them at ursula's site <laughs> um <laughs> thank you both very much really appreciate it we're gonna um raid space valkyries in a minute um the hashtag hashtag mer raid if you want to stick around for the raid space valkyries is a wonderful person um with a wonderful community uh i am mer lafferty this is ditch diggers i'll be back next week with matt wallace and gail Carriger. Uh, I stream on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash Merverse. My website, no, wait, I, I fuck this up all the time. <laughs> on Twitch, it's Mighty Mer. My website is Merverse, which I should just register Mighty Mer and make that it. Then I won't mess it up. There you go. Mighty at gmail.com is also how to find me. I'm Mighty Mer on Twitter. And um, yeah, that is it. Website, Thanks. To ev- another important tool of the writer. Yes, yes. And you can start it any time. A lot of people wonder like, when they're allowed or should start it. Start it any time, whenever you want. But we'll talk about that another time. Again, Diana Rowland and Ursula Vernon, a.k.a. Team Kingfisher. Thank you guys so much for being on. And uh, thanks to my Patreon supporters and my subscribers. You can support us at patreon.com slash mighty myrrh
1: Ditch Diggers!
0: Theme song by Devo Spice Devo